So I, uh, I've immersed myself to become more diverse in topics, as the Air Comfort Solutions text line pointed out. <laughs> hey, I listen, I'm not apologizing. I ain't sorry. All right, I told you guys that we're. I expected the the daily segments on Caleb to last like a week. Who knew it would stretch out this long? But I have immersed myself, Josh Helmer, in mock drafts. Now, if you get tired of segments on this show and you think things are being repeated, oh my friend, wait till we get to mock draft season, which we're in the midst of. But I do find a couple of things concerning, Josh. I, I just finished pouring through, oh my gosh, here's one that projects the Kansas City Chiefs to get Jamison Williams. How unfair would that be? I like it a lot. Second round, Jamison Williams, let's go. I have yet to see a Big 12 player, or specifically an OU player, in the first round of any draft. As a matter of fact, Dane Brugler, in his mock draft, went two rounds, and he didn't have a Big 12 player or an Oklahoma player in its first two rounds. Um, USA Today just released one. And it shows a couple of Sooners in the second round with Nick Benito going to the Chargers with a 48th pick and Perrion Winfrey to the Saints. But in their three-round projection, they only have six Big 12 players being projected to go in the draft. And what would three rounds be? Um, 64, 96 picks. Six. Now, again, in defense of the, of the Big 12, there's a handful of Cincinnati guys. I think there's potential for two to three Cincy guys to go in the first round. But, I mean, that's just – that's borderline shocking, Josh, to see – and, again, I think when all is said and done, when you take it from – all seven rounds, right, whenever the, the draft is over on April 29th, it's a different story. But, ooh, that's a, not a good look for the last couple of seasons, especially whenever the guy that, you know, maybe might be one of the most impressive athletes in Brees Hall isn't projected until very, very late in the second round. I mean, y- you just got to get more talent than that, and – that's not just strictly an Oklahoma thing, but OU's definitely got to upgrade in that department because guess what? I mean, not to have you just pour through and try and figure out the numbers of the SEC in these mock drafts in the first three rounds. We can dive deeper and figure that out, but look, they got a hell of a lot more than six players. Sure. The, the Big Ten's got a heck of a lot more than six players. So the talent that you're about to be seeing week in and week out, it's it's going to be night and day different. And it's not cyclical in those conferences. It's every year in those conferences that, uh, you know, 20 players or right. however many players in the first couple of rounds are getting drafted. So OU's got to ramp that up themselves. And, you know, collectively they're going to see that ramped up. And as I've been in the middle of mock draft season – We also have our first general manager hiring. The New York Giants announcing they have hired Joe Schoen as their GM. He was with the Bills. Many think this now leads to a slam dunk hire for Brian Dable as their head coach. Giants have hired the uh, Schoen. 
There's still work to do on the contract, but the Giants' other GM finalists have been told they're out. If they work out a deal, Schoen is expected to be the Giants' GM maybe as soon as this weekend. So, stories to keep an eye on. The first domino has fallen in the search for a new general manager at places like New York, Vegas. Who am I leaving out, Josh? Chicago. I think there's one more that's currently looking for a general manager. Denver? Denver. No, Denver's got Patton. They hired him last year, remember? Gotcha. Uh, I think there's one more out there. I'll think of it probably whenever the show's over. In the meantime, let's get a couple calls in. 405-329-9000. That's 405-329-9000. You want to keep it rolling on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Or simply hit us up on Twitter at Josh on Rep at Plank Show. What's going on, Bill? How are you, bud? Which, by the way, I, oh. I could have said in your ear, Bill, I, I don't know what happened. Oh. He just went into the vortex. We dropped him. A bunch of people are chiming in on the talent and oh, oh, lack thereof from the, the Big 12 on the text line. We can hit that in a second. But we got True Sooner true if you want to get Bill. True in here. Try next week, buddy. We'll be, uh, we'll be banging the calls next week. What's up, True Sooner? It, it's always fun to follow Bill. <laughs> I like it. Well, you're free and clear. You're kicking it off this hour. Big responsibility. Hey, you know, I know uh, Oklahoma's not in the business of of burning any bridges with any former or or past players or or whatever, but, you know, and they're always going to take the high road. They've taken the high road in this whole thing with Lincoln and Caleb and all this stuff. But but if what you're saying is true, and I I kind of feel the same way you do, that that this divorce has been decided a couple weeks ago, um, you know, mutual divorce, whatever. Wouldn't it have been cool if Oklahoma could have come out and said, you know what, we're Oklahoma and we're not in the waiting game. And, and they kind of have done that, obviously, like you said. They kind of already done that. But, I mean, you're talking about rallying the fans. I mean, that would have, you know, to me, that would have been a really cool thing to do. But I know they're not. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Like, like a public we don't want you kind of yeah. thing? well. Not maybe not that harsh, but maybe something along the lines of you know, good luck to you. We we've got other guys that want to really want that really want to be here because I think it really has turned off a lot of. I think it's made a lot of OU fans mad that you know it, it, nobody's ever left Oklahoma you know to go to a lateral job at best. Nobody's ever left OU's quarterbacking spot to go to a lateral job at best or worst if it's. <laughs> If it's some of these places he's been he's been rumored to be going to, uh, I don't know. I just I just feel like it really would have rallied the troops that they had come out two weeks ago. We love you, you know. We 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 appreciate the season, but we've got to get on down the road publicly. Yeah, I, maybe. I don't know how you would do that. That's a great question. I don't how would you? I don't either. Uh, Brent hasn't done a lot of media because they've been busy, right? right? They're they're right. put a staff together. I don't know if they want to because there is a lot of unknown on it. Maybe maybe they thought there was still a chance. I, I don't know. But right. it, it is kind of fascinating to think of <laughs> what that would look like because they did yeah. send out a statement when he entered the transfer portal. So Right, they did. Oh well and they don't wanna and they don't wanna burn any bridges with any you know, it's no. kinda like with free, it's kinda like with free agents, it's kinda like you don't wanna give Oklahoma City doesn't wanna give a bad look. To potential free agents down the road, so you it's don't bad make business. Look bad. It's bad yeah, business do to do something that paints Oklahoma in the light that they're 
quote unquote trashing Caleb Williams or his family. You just you you don't do that because guess what? Right. If not just the Mario Williams of the world or the Jaleel Farouks of the world, I mean, you don't. It's not just the players that Caleb Williams has close relationships right now. There's going there's going to be some younger guys that Caleb Williams at right. at, a, at a quarterbacks camp or wherever that they're going right. to bump into one another and all of a sudden people talk and you don't want it out there that all of a sudden you've kind of trashed Caleb Williams. It's just right. it's just not in good taste to kind of take that well, route. And and that's why it's kind of cool when Benito and those kind of people come out because they're kind of saying that but Oklahoma's kind of going – it's kind of like Stoops whenever he was doing the, the Texas sucks chant. You know, he said, I didn't say Texas sucks. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. He, he, had to fa- he, he blamed it on the fans, but he, he set them up for it. And it's kind of like that with Benito and those guys. It's like, oh, you can kind of go, well, you know, we didn't do that. But the proof's in the pudding. And if you got players coming out going, you know, you, you know, saying what Benito said and some of the others have said, it, it kind of – it's kind of a way to do it without actually doing it, right? I mean, you know, that, that's why I think it, that's why when Benito came out, it kind of it did kind of rally some of the fans. I thought I think some of the fans were like, "Yeah, you know, say it," <laughs> you know. So anyway, you guys have a good one. It's have a, a good, have a great weekend. I don't. Here's, I understand that we all want, we all want like a of. Visual fu. I can't think of any other way to put it. Right? I saw someone that had, and I didn't know if this made the rounds or not. But what someone had kind of screen cap Bob Stoops' conversation with Joseph Harris, and in reading coach coach's lips at the basketball game, they thought he had basically taken a shot, calling it effing weak. You know, something of that. I, I don't. That's how that whole sequence. The yeah. Zapruder filming there was. <laughs> Just incredible. Okay. Next level in Bob Stoops sitting next to him. And <laughs> did he say this word? Did he say right. that word? Well, you know, I'm lip reading this. They've right. got to be talking about Lincoln Riley mule shoe. It's well, I mean, who How knows who know? they could be talking about? You know, they're 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 pretty tight. I mean, I they're not a lot of our conversations in our world still daily center around that frustration in the sports world. Bob Stoops and Joseph Ayers are, are pretty tight. I, I don't – maybe they might be talking about something they saw in Yellowstone. I don't know. It's just not every conversation centers around that moment. I told you guys. I mean, I in, – in all of this, we just – we try to have fun. We're a, a three-hour show that is focused and dedicated every single day to covering Oklahoma. That's what we are. We, we say it in everything. So it was like, ah, I wish you would talk about this. We will. I mean, we're going to get into more diverse things because the the schedule and the news cycle will necessitate it. But at the core of what we do every single day, this is the home of Sooner fans. And as the home of Sooner fans, I'm not on board with a lot of the mindset of, yeah, Tebow, Lincoln this, Lincoln that. I just, I'm so excited about what Brent's doing, man. And that's kind of where my mindset has been. The, so, with that said, Josh, my point is, I don't need this public declaration no. that we're moving on from Caleb Williams or anything of that nature. I just think, again, without getting too deep and further into the weeds on it, to me it's just bad business to try and go out of your way to sort of attack a kid without attacking a kid. To me, the proper way to send that message out 
is to show your support. And once Dylan Gabriel is officially enrolled and all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted, boom, you, you send out a hype video on Dylan Gabriel or if and when that happens with Jackson Dart. That's the way to do that. I thought this was pretty good from the boss man, by the way. Brian Vineyard checked in on the super secret Air Comfort Solutions Ooh. text line, 405-651-3439, where you can chime in as well. Even though Oklahoma was predicted by many, remember, to be national championship contenders, a bunch of folks were predicting OU to maybe win the thing. I mean, is it fair to say now as we look at some of these draft boards that you were looking at, Plankin, obviously that's not official. We'll find out in a couple of months what happens in the NFL draft. But, I mean, wasn't the talent maybe collectively a little overvalued for OU entering this year? Sure. I mean, I, I was guilty of overvaluing it. I mean, I'm, I'm part of that problem. Thanks, Brian, for calling me out. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was part of – I mean, I, there was a lot of us that were. I thought heading into this season that in the interior of that defensive line, you were going to see a guy in Perion Winfrey emerge into a top 15 NFL talent. Now you might not even get drafted in the first or second round. Um, I think Nick Benito was as advertised. I really do. Oh, he was great this so year. So I, I, I don't have any. It's just now it's a matter of how he fits and what the NFL wants to do with him. And and let's be honest. Let's be honest. This is very early in mock draft season. Now, we're in basically for a lot of these places week one in mock draft season. So there is a lot that, that can change. But it doesn't appear – unless these dudes go put up crazy numbers at the Combine, that we're going to see anyone that jumps into the middle of the first round. It's a really, really good point. Hell, we thought, I mean, in the, in the ultimate kind of reflection of, of Brian's point is this. We thought the conversation heading into this part of the calendar would center around another OU quarterback potentially being the top pick in the draft. Sure. Right? Which, again, the fascinating thing about this season, how all of it played out. He should have been. If if you rewind to the Plank Show, we weren't three hours then, but in hour two on January 21st of 2021, and I'm looking at these mock drafts, and I'm like, well, there's, you know, there's a little bit of buzz about, you know, maybe the the fact that, uh, gosh, who are we talking about a lot last year? The Adrian Ely's of the or the Creed Humphreys, or maybe Creed could sneak into the first round. But man, next year, next year, Spencer Rattler, maybe even Marquise Hayes, Perry. This is where the defensive guys are gonna fire into that first round. Well, and that was the projection from a lot of national folks, Absolutely. too. Remember, uh, you know, as soon as we got done with the 2021 NFL draft, <laughs> immediately, because this is the way you and I are neurotic with, well, what's that 2022 NFL draft right, look sure, like? Right, sure, sure, exactly. So we take our first peek at it, and Benito, Isaiah Thomas, Perion Winfrey, I mean, all three of those guys were popular submissions to wind up being first-round NFL draft picks. By the way, um, I, I did find a 2023 mock draft. Do you want to you hear the top three real quick players they have projected to go? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. 
CJ Stroud one, Bryce Young two, Spencer Rattler three. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. Anyway, it's just it shows you it shows you how much can still change, not just in the long term, but in the short term. All right, it's um good text, fun segment. All right, when we come back, I got a little bit more NFL stuff to get to because we really haven't spent the time necessary to preview the divisional playoffs. We'll do it next, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, I um I was talking during the last segment, looking ahead to 2023 mock drafts. Yes, I have issues. I really do. And uh, I do it so you don't have to. It's, it's the way I look at it. I waste my time looking at 2023 mock drafts so you don't have to waste your day doing it. It's, it's the way I look at it. It's a sacrifice, I admit, but I got you. So we brought up that Spencer Rattler was projected third in uh, – the let's see who is this pro football network 23 mock draft the highest drafted big 12 player if they're still in the big 12 at that time at that time is an oklahoma sooner josh in fact he's projected at 15th in the first round ahead of Bijan robinson you want to take any guesses as to what current Oklahoma Sooner is projected to go 15th in the 2023 NFL draft? Marvin Mims. Ding, ding, ding. And they projected him to go to the Raiders. Woo-hoo-hoo. Exciting. First, first of all, it's not. I mean, it's this is typical me. They all of a sudden, I'm like, ooh. He's a I, Raider. I, well, obviously, he's a Raider. I got to go get my 17 jersey now. Um, don't get a smaller statue wrong. Marvin Mims is a big deal. A dominant route runner with exceptional hands. Brings up the touchdown record that he set as a freshman. A big play threat. Another addition to the Vegas Raiders receiving core. Where uh, will somebody like a Jalen Redmond fit in? I mean, is he sort of... That's a great question. Is he viewed as kind of a tweener or... I mean, what's the thought on him? I think he's – I think you're right. I can't help but wonder what the medical is going to look like for him. That would be the second question is how – I mean, he, he could really, really benefit from this next season, full season, and, I mean, this is this is it, right? I mean, yeah. he's going to be the star up front for OU. You know what? His medical situation, to me – and obviously, it's a it's a different body type, because what what do they list Jalen Redmond at right now? And I'm sure he's beefed up. He's listed at six two two seventy nine. Uh, so again, that's not that's not necessarily ideal weight for a defensive tackle in the in the NFL. I mean, consider Maurice Hurst is six three three twenty nine. So I maybe that's eventually where Redmond could get if they beef him up. I don't know, but his. His situation reminds me of Maurice Hurst a little bit, not because of the position, but because of the medical issue. You know, Mo Hurst came out of college from Michigan, and many projected him as a as a first round draft pick, maybe even you know as 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 early as a, as a top twenty pick. But he he had what was was viewed as some some issues. I guess maybe the term would be some heart issues. 
for Maurice Hurst, and he fell. You know, there many thought the Raiders were gonna. Uh, sorry, six two two ninety one. I apologize. So I guess the the height weight isn't off too far. Six two two uh, two ninety one for Maurice Hurst. I'm sorry, but he ended up falling all the way to the fifth round. And I remember when the Raiders drafted him, people were like, "Oh, that's irresponsible. This is a dude that has some issues that, you know, medically certain teams wouldn't clear him." So I'll be curious, Josh, in a comparison to see if maybe there's some Maurice Hurst slash Jalen Redmond type comparisons at the next level. Yeah, I thought that weight seemed a little bit off. Apparently there's a Maurice Hurst that also plays offensive line in the uh, NFL. Who knew? Who else would be toward the top of a 23 draft board we think going in? I think there's a lot of these defensive guys who have a chance. Maybe Gabriel? Maybe a Dylan Gabriel. That's right. First of all, I have to laugh. Because I did, I did just look at that that Pro Football Network, and they have three quarterbacks going before Will Anderson would be drafted, unless it's Jacksonville, Detroit, and I don't know uh, another the Giants still in one, two, and three. I I don't think there is any chance that Will Anderson is going to fall out of the top three in the NFL draft. All right, let, let's look just real quick before we we get caught up on a break. Maybe a DJ Graham, maybe a Woody Washington. They got now. DJ Graham's got to improve. I don't think he's a dude that should think about going out next year. But a guy like a Woody Washington, I think, could be fascinating. Right, five eleven, hundred ninety one pounds, good coverage skills. Had a great freshman season. Got hurt last year. Was out most of it. I think he's got a chance to make some noise. Um, I don't know, Josh. But neither one of those two guys, I mean, it would take a massive season. Right. right. I mean, neither one of those two guys are we today sitting here thinking, okay, well, they've got a chance next year to be first-round type no. NFL draft picks. I mean, it would have to be a big, big-time leap. Okay, let, let me let me pose one to you. And I know that if, if Gabe Eichert's listening, he might drive his car off the road. But because of the way – that offensive linemen are valued. Is there a chance, Josh, because of the way offensive linemen are valued, that a dude like an Anton Harrison? I mean, with all of the athletic ability we think that he has, is he a dude? Because, as you said, we're sitting here, the show's today. Correct. So I don't think today we would consider that. By any stretch of the imagination. But it's a possibility, right? Well, he was on the freaks list before the season, so... That's right. It's well regarded that he's one of the more athletic guys on Oklahoma's roster. So if he can piece it all together and put together a 2022 season where all of a sudden you're one of the dominant forces up front for OU, then yes, raw talent-wise, I would say... He's got a chance to, to be on that doorstep, sure. So if you want to put together a list of dudes just off the top of my head here and not searching too in-depth, then I think we could be talking about as potential NFL guys, first-round guys. What about a Theo Weiss? He's got the size. Got the size. Would need a monster, monster season. Monster year. 
I don't think Eric Gray would be in that mix. I'm just kind of perusing the Key the Lawrence right now. Key Lawrence would have a chance, I think. But we're again that conversation. I think then expands from first round to somewhere in the draft. Yeah, first couple of rounds. I, I, I'm I'm sort of expanding out. First three rounds. First three rounds. I think we've hit a little bit of. All right, here's a fascinating guy. Before we break. And I'd love to get Teddy's take on this, but where does a David Aguebu fit in? I mean, this is a first guy off the bus kind of a player, 6'4", 248. But that production, it just hasn't been there consistently since he moved inside. Well, I think there's going to be a chance that he's he's shifting back you know, as sort of an edge guy okay. for Oklahoma. And if that's the case, and if he's great out there, then he's going to be shooting up draft boards. I agree. I agree. Um, all right. So, yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm already finding myself in mock draft city. And, yes, I'm already getting way too fired up about it. But it's a, it's a fascinating world whenever you start thinking about how talent is viewed for next year's draft with guys that are coming back for this year. Because, again, I'll, I'll say this, you know, I'm blue in the face. Even nobody would have talked about a Baker or a Kyler as a first pick in the draft in the current year's draft in January. No. <laughs> Far we, be it from we a year before. We weren't saying that at the end of those, those seasons necessarily. Yeah, yeah that's my point. Uh, can, can I rifle through like three sure, go quick ahead. texts? I, I got a couple of DMs I got to get to here too. Google the last five years of draft results by conference. Big 12, very bad. It's bad. Talent-wise. Uh, let's see. I'm an OU fan, but Malcolm Rodriguez was far more impactful than Nick Benito. Not sure how that re- relates to the NFL, well, can, can I, that's can I, the case. Can I tell him? It's because he's old. I mean, that's the reality of it. Um, and – there is a ceiling, and I love Malcolm Rodriguez. Part of it's Rodriguez. the position, though, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a middle linebacker, um, in, in, and Benito's an outside backer with twitch. I mean, you're talking about a dude in in Malcolm Rodriguez that's been in college since essentially 2017, 16 even. So and, and, and it's great for colleges, but he's a little undersized, too. So I love Malcolm Rodriguez. I would love to see him on my on, in the silver and black. I just the, – the reason why is just they, age. He's had a couple of injuries that he's dealt with. I, I and, and he'll get that nod because of position as well. Edge rushers are valued a little bit more than interior backers. Yeah, and I'm not going to knock Malcolm Rodriguez at all, who no, I, I think was sensational. One final text here before uh, we hop to some of the comments you've received. Another way to look at it is that we aren't losing a lot of great talent for next year's team. <laughs> Um, here's one from I Bleed Crimson, who's concerned a little bit about Jackson Dart, who writes, every day that goes by without making a decision puts them another day behind in team workouts and earning respect from your teammates. Dart's now missed four days of Schmitty workouts. In my opinion, it doesn't seem ideal to show up behind his workouts. Right now, they're, uh, this again, this is a, a bit of an in-the-weeds conversation. I don't know if the true workouts have started yet. I think they're testing. And I think that testing part is to set the foundation of where you're going to build from. So are they behind in certain senses? Yes. But I don't think Jackson Dart 
and Michael Trigg are sitting on their couch eating potato chips like I am. I just, I don't. Though, I had some pretty good chips when I got home last night. And then uh, Jesse writes, on the Caleb Williams saga, the delay at this point has to be negotiations. He has to know where he wants to go by now. Negotiating is the only logical answer. Which gets me back to this question. Who are you negotiating with? Right. Great question. Because, and, and, and I'm not taking a shot at your question, Jesse. It's a fair question. These schools can't set up the NIL deals for you. They can't be the ones that are on the front of it. Who are you negotiating with? I don't know. It's Plank Show right here on the ref. I have failed to mention a couple of notes from my beloved Sooner softball team. Number one in the Big 12 preseason poll. Number one in the D1 softball poll. Meanwhile, four Sooners were named to the first – Patrick wrote inaugural, I'm sorry. To the inaugural Big 12 softball preseason team, including Jocelyn Allo, Kinsey Hansen, Jada Coleman, and T.R.A. Jennings. And as Joey Helmer joins us from OUinsider.com, Joey, it is my opinion that you could probably put all nine Sooner starters – on the preseason All-Big 12 team. Would you agree? I would not disagree. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm right there with you. And, hey. um, it's crazy. It's, uh, it's that time again that's rolled around. Oh, it's it's wild. I, I'll sit – I, I think next week – so next week's championship game week, and then we have the off week. That off week is like it for me. And, that, and then we are left lane, hammer down – towards the start of the softball season, and I'm pretty jacked about it. But, hey, before we get into OU stuff, with that in mind, you know, Josh and I have talked about it a lot, but, Joey, how you feeling about Sunday against Buffalo in Kansas City? And I, I, I just – you saw what Buffalo did, and obviously Kansas City put it together, but um, I, I, I think it has the makings of being a classic football game this weekend. I mean, I just – um, have I, and Josh, Josh and I have talked about this quite a bit, but the entire year, uh, j- just based off of last year and just um, everything we know about these teams, I've always kind of felt that the AFC was going to go through these two teams. And so um, I, I kind of feel like in a lot of ways that um, in Vegas agrees if you look at the uh, the odds right now, Kansas City and Buffalo uh, in the AFC have the two best odds of uh, the four teams that are remaining. So um, I feel like this is kind of the uh, AFC championship maybe a week early. Um, and <laughs> you ask how I feel about it, and I'm certainly nervous. Uh, after watching Buffalo and what they did to New England um, on Saturday night, uh, they were very, very impressive in that football game. You know, I, I I guess what do they always say? Uh, temperature check or vibe check? I don't I don't know, Josh. If we've really spent time talking about this too terribly much, I got Joe. How are you feeling right now, Josh? I'm feeling better as the week goes along. All I think right. Kansas City's going to win the game. The fact that it's in Arrowhead, the way the defense has been playing, I'm not crazy about the Willie Gay news this morning. But uh, outside of that, I just been there, done that have won these types of games. The fact that they lost the regular season matchup earlier this year to Buffalo and Patrick Mahomes in these moments. I just, something is 
trending me in the direction that Kansas City is going to win this football game. But it'll be, again, I think a classic one. And obviously, if Josh Allen can get it, that would be a big step in his career forward. And we keep every single time somebody plays Mahomes, one of these AFC quarterbacks, it's, hey, is this the next rivalry? Well, right. If if that's going to happen, you got to beat the guy, and you you don't just have to beat him in the regular season. You have to beat him now when uh, it matters and it sets you up on the doorstep of a Super Bowl appearance. So this would be a big step in that direction for Josh Allen. I don't think it happens for him this weekend, though. I think uh, Mahomes is going to get him again. I think there's something too, Joey. The whole idea of the narrative, which and again I. I've been watching uh, ESPN. They're finally getting to the divisional playoffs here this morning after spending, I don't know, three hours on Russell Westbrook and the Lakers. But this this Chiefs team seems to get a little, little extra juice whenever they're doubted. Look at where they were when they were, what, three and four on the season. And now, you know, this whole week has been about Buffalo and Josh Allen and kind of the Bills emerging. I know you feel, Joey, but I think this is one of those situations where a team like Kansas eats something like that up. Well, and I like Josh's point. Him and I feel the same way about this, in that Buffalo won the regular season meeting. Uh, You know, I I don't know how much bearing that actual game has on anything, but I I certainly like being the team that maybe lost that game and knows uh, that you didn't play up to your capabilities. Um, At that point in the season, Kansas City was really struggling, and uh, clearly, this is a much different Kansas City team. It's a much different Buffalo team uh, at this point in the season and the postseason. But, um, yeah, I, I do uh, like that revenge factor to a degree. And, obviously, um, you feel really comfortable with Mahomes winning this type of football game, especially at home. All right. Well, let's get to the now for OU football. As uh, those of you who know, Joey does an incredible job. Uh, running the site, OUinsider.com. You can also follow Joey on Twitter. It's a very simple Twitter feed, at Joey Helmer, all kinds of information. Where, where are we from? The, let's start at quarterback. Where do you think we are in the recruitment of, of of Dart potentially coming to Oklahoma? And is Caleb Williams, Joey, ever going to make an, a, a, make a decision? <laughs> Yeah, it, we, we'll see on Caleb Williams. I think the two might be hand-in-hand hand, um, as far as the decisions on that. And I think the Jackson Dart uh, news became more interesting with uh, all the BYU smoke yesterday, and everyone's kind of thought for all this time that it's been Oklahoma and Ole Miss, and, and now here we go on that. But um, I, I think the timeline of it, kind of makes sense in terms of, uh, well, I mean, if Caleb Williams for some reason is to come back, um, there's still some of that uncertainty, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. I, I, mean, I do not think that's going to be the case, but um, why would Dart go ahead and make the decision if that's a possibility? And so um, I, I don't know if that's the hang up there or not, but this is really interesting um, when you look at, uh, trig factoring in as well and um, we've always kind of since the two entered the portal thought that dart and trig were going to be a package deal and um, but could that still be the case might it not be the case we'll see there's a lot of a lot of moving parts here uh, to all of these situations with these guys 
Ooh, that, that's a so you think, and I know that you've got Brandon all over Brandon Drummond. I know that uh, we we've had you know all kinds of stuff with Parker here on the station and covering it at OUinsider dot com. Joy, do you think there is maybe an op- a possibility here where Trigg and Jackson Darn aren't necessarily a, a combo deal? Well, and I haven't really viewed that as much of a possibility um, mm-hmm. since the the two, uh, like I said, uh, both entered the portal. But uh, the longer this goes, maybe that's some kind of possibility. I, I still view the two as uh, going okay. somewhere together. So um, I, I know that uh, Oklahoma had a, a visit with um, Dart in a really good visit within the last couple of days. So um, they feel good about their the situation. And, um, you know, again, <laughs> we still haven't uh, even talked about the fact that, well, they do already have Dylan Gabriel. So um, this it's not like a make-or-break situation, if you will, here, I don't believe. So Dylan Gabriel, obviously, okay, l- let's take him out of this conversation because that's the, the easy, the obvious answer. Who has been the most impactful out of these ads from the transfer portal for OU, not named Dylan Gabriel? Hmm. Interesting. Uh, you know, I really like the uh, the guy from Tulane they got last weekend. Uh, I think there was a, a lot of interest in um, him. And uh, LSU, you saw he had an offer uh, from them. Jeffrey Johnson um, is the Tulane defensive lineman I'm talking about. Um, I, I think you, you turn on some of his tape, and in Oklahoma, uh, fans were able to get a, a little bit of a glimpse of him firsthand um, last year, and he had a pretty good game against Oklahoma uh, in that uh, 40-35 victory that the Sooners had in the season opener. But, uh, yeah, I obviously we're all going to talk about uh, Dylan Gabriel. Like you said, take him out of the mix um, in this thing. So. I like what they got uh, in Jeffrey Johnson. And um, obviously moving forward, we're going to be talking about these uh, two other guys in terms of uh, how impactful uh, they can be moving forward. I think uh, Trigg has a chance to be really, really good in Oklahoma's offense if they're able to land him. And um, Jackson Dart is obviously an up, high upside uh, quarterback that Oklahoma is certainly – hoping that they'll end up adding to the roster here. Are they done, Joey, on the defensive side? I mean, or is there is there still a few? I feel like that in in everything that has kind of been viewed as in need in the transfer portal, right? A little help on the interior, you know, get the get the Hawaii kid, and then, as you mentioned, the plane transfer. Maybe need a little bit of, of linebacker depth, TD Roof. Need some help in the secondary. They've signed – three guys in Colden Walker and Morrison in the secondary need a quarterback. Go get Dylan Gabriel, maybe Jackson dart too. Um, you know, Caleb Williams, who knows, but I mean, is, is, is there anywhere else that as you look at this roster right now for the 2022 squad that you see, maybe they're not done. Maybe they need to go get another guy or two. Well, and it's funny. I feel like we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago and mm-hmm. um, we were talking about, where were the biggest needs for Oklahoma? And I, I certainly feel like they have filled some of those needs. You know, they they look, they get, uh, go out and uh, get a couple of uh, defensive backs. 
um, you know, several guys actually um, there in Trey Morrison and Kenai Walker and um, obviously C.J. Colden as well. And then I, I just – I looked, and to me, I really I, – I lean on Jeffrey Johnson in terms of um, the guy that maybe – I looked there at the most just because Oklahoma to me, I felt like they needed a guy up front really badly. And mm-hmm. I think they've addressed that need. And so um, now you look and um, obviously with Caleb Williams's decision, you went out and you were able to get Dylan Gabriel. That was huge as well. And so, yeah, they, they've, they've done a really, really good job here um, in this transfer portal. And it's just, it, it's crazy because, you asked me if it's over, and I I don't know if it's ever over. I mean, it's it's just wild the movement um, that that happens in the the transfer portal now. I like that. Yeah, they done. Yeah. Let's wait and see who might still pop in the portal because, I mean, Joey. Let's face it. There's a really really good chance that, and I don't necessarily mean this for Oklahoma, but you, you just never know that that next big round of movement could come as soon as the uh, spring football wraps up or the, the, the spring semester ends. I mean, we could see a fairly substantial amount of players that will be on the move after spring ball. Well, that's right, too. And uh, I, I'm trying to think. Uh, what Oklahoma's drop-dead deadline, I think, is – I think it's at the end of the month here. But you, you look in – some of these schools out in the, uh, the Pac-12, I don't think their timing is exactly the same. I, I no, don't know not. if they necessarily um, start their semester when, when Oklahoma or you know some of these other schools do. And so I, I don't know exactly how that all kind of manifests itself, but I, I would imagine that kind of affects the timeline on some of these things too. All right. Um, I always keep you long. So I'll let you go on on one more unless Josh has anything else to add. By the way, my man KC Ping has checked in on Twitter and wants to make sure we point out that this is the redemption tour for the Chiefs left. All three teams in the AFC have beaten the Chiefs this year regardless of who we play next if we win. I love it. Redemption tour in, in the AFC. But on a college note, how fun is it to see what these basketball teams are doing right now? I know Porter Moser's team has lost three straight. I know it's kind of been – a tough stretch for him. They'll try to get right against Baylor this weekend. But, Joey, what Jenny Bronchek is doing, and granted, she's got a really nice roster with – well, I shouldn't – I mean, from top to bottom, who knows. But at least in Maddie Williams and in Taylor Robertson, you've got two incredible pieces to build around. And Skylar Van improving how she's been. What a fun year for basketball on this campus, man. It's been a blast. They put up 100 on TCU last weekend. Yeah. Jenny Bronchek's team did. And – I mean, if you want to watch fun basketball, they're a fun basketball team to watch. I mean, they are up and down the court. Uh, they they defend. They get out and transition off of that. Um, and that was a, a really good win uh, last night in beating West Virginia by 12 points on the road. And so uh, they're in the top 15 now, and then rightfully so they're in the top 15. They're a good, good basketball team. and. Um, certainly I, I view them, uh, obviously they lost the, the first meeting to Iowa state, but, um, I, I don't feel like there's any reason they can't go and uh, beat those guys the second time they play. And, um, as for 
um, on the men's side, you know, it, 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 it's a disappointing stretch here, um, obviously, but uh, I thought they compete. They really, really competed in that game uh, against Kansas the other night. Uh, it just didn't come up with enough plays. Kansas just um, in that basketball game, uh, you, you got to tip your cap to <laughs> Baji and um, obviously Christian Brown made the, the huge three at the end. There, there's not a whole lot you could do. That was great defense on some of those possessions. And so um, you kind of live with that one. The, the, the TCU game is the one that kind of gets me a little bit more. It didn't feel like they um, were able to really do anything offensively in that game. Didn't, didn't, didn't seem to have any flow. And then um, obviously the three game losing streak started at Texas. So uh, the, you, you like a lot of what you've seen, though. I, I think the energy is there. The, the, the competitiveness is there for this basketball team. And um, this tough stretch against Baylor at West Virginia and Auburn, I, I think you got to get one of those to, to feel like you're still kind of on the right track this season. Um, if you can get one, I, I think all is certainly not lost here. All right, go follow Joey on Twitter, at JoeyHelmer247. Go check out all of his work at OUinsider.com. We get a chance to talk to him on Thursdays at 11. Joey, have fun this weekend. Enjoy the game. We'll talk to you again next Thursday. Sounds good. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Fun show today. There is this growing belief on Twitter.com that today might be a day where there's something big going on at USC. I would say I don't really have an opportunity to – or let me rephrase that. I'm not someone who's going to try to tell you how you're supposed to act or what you're supposed to say or do, but it's okay to sit some out. I saw Dino's report that it's down to USC or LSU for Caleb Williams, and that's fine. But more than anything else, I would just – it's okay – to just be a – it's a term I'm looking for here, Josh? A bystander. Yes, you can be a – you can be an observer. You so can okay. be a wallflower. It's fine. Because it's a – it's happened. And I don't think there's, there's anything that you will say or do on Twitter.com that will do anything but make us all look foolish. What was the? I got in trouble for for texting one time, uh, or excuse me, for tweeting one time, and I was like, "It's on." It, and this was a great lesson I learned is when Twitter first started. In fact, I quit Twitter after it. I'm like, "It's on my account." I just took a picture of some dude driving like a moron. I said, "This dude's an idiot." And they're like, "When you tweet, when you tweet, you represent all of us." I'm like, "It's my account. What's your name?" Goes blank. What do you do? I do this. You think people are going to be like, oh, no, no, that's not Chris Plank, the radio host. That's Chris Plank, the a-hole, just tweeting on Twitter. Just ignore the fact that's that That's weekend, Chris Plank. <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> but, yeah, so you, you, you got an interlocking OU. You got a Sooner background. You represent us all. Everybody stay calm. We're going to be okay. With that in mind, here's my official picks for the weekend. Out the door. I've got an AFC championship game in Nashville next week between Kansas City and Tennessee. Okay. I will differ. I've got a Ooh. AFC championship game in Arrowhead. I've got Ooh. Kansas City-Cincinnati. Which, by the way, Kansas City would beat the snot out of them. Uh, I think I think you guys might win by 30 this weekend. I'm not even kidding. And 
in the NFC, I think the Packers are going to find a way to hold on. I think it's going to be a really good game. And I think next week is the Rams and the Packers for the NFC Championship. We agree on that. I I likewise. And I totally agree with you. I think the 49ers are going to have chances to win. But I think the Packers are going to find a way to get it done. Cannot wait. It'll be fun this weekend. Hey, uh, on our flagship, Sports Talk 1400, you can hear me this Sunday for OU and Kansas State. I'm pumped to be traveling with Jenny Baranchek. Uh, She's going to join us next week. We'll have KJ on with us to recap. Uh, we had JT on this past week. Patty, I'm going to bug Patty. She's going to join us next week. Enjoy the weekend. Josh, have a great weekend, buddy. Talk to you on hey, Monday. safe travels. Have fun this weekend. Show never stops on Twitter. At Plank Show, at Josh on Ref, at Sports Talk 1400. We'll see you Monday.